0: Hollywood loves a body swap movie. And why not? It's a storytelling device that has been utilized in pop culture since the early 1830s and even mused about in philosophy since the late 17th century. Body swap stories allow characters to experience life from a different perspective. A perspective that they never could have without some intervention. It's about walking a mile in another's shoes. As the old saying says. With so much body swap media out there, a few strong entries stand out. One of which is 1988's Big, a comedy giant that has had a huge effect on pop culture. So today, we're saying, the space goes down, down, baby, down, down the road. The coast sweet, sweet, baby, sweet, sweet, don't let me go. Shimmy, shimmy, Cocoa Pops, shimmy, shimmy, rock. Shimmy, shimmy, Cocoa Pops, shimmy, shimmy, rock. I met a girlfriend, a trisket. She said a Triscuit, a biscuit, ice cream, soda, pop, vanilla on the top. Ooh, Charlita, walking down the street ten times a week. I read it, I said it, I stole my mama's credit. I'm cool, I'm hot, sock me in the summer three more times. As we ask the question, Big, what's it about? I'm your host, Ricardo Blade-Diaz.
1: And I'm Seth Crow.
0: And this is the What's It About Film Podcast, the show where two aspiring creatives aim to glean the meaning of it all through the media we consume, holding a mirror up to ourselves and seeing how it reflects in our own lives. Seth, how you doing today?
1: I'm good, man. I'm a little sleepy. You know, got up early this morning. That's but- why
0: you didn't join me in the rap.
1: Uh, well, honestly, I, I only know, like, parts of it, so I didn't want to, <sighs> like, go in and out. How and- dare you. Yeah. I should yeah. have
0: sent you the lyrics. I knew it. I was, like, Dude. I was like, I should send him the lyrics just in case he doesn't know yeah, it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, I consciously was like, I should be singing along with you, but I couldn't think of the words. So, you know you what? That's do?
0: okay. This isn't live. We'll do it in post. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll fix it in post.
1: <laughs> um, How
0: are you doing? So you're tired. You got up early. To exercise. Yeah. You know? Well, I uh, you're, actually I had you're a,
1: healthy. <laughs> I had my first uh, new therap- uh, therapy appointment this morning, so oh. I got up really early to do that, which was good. Um, you you and like your new
0: therapist? You vibe?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, it's it's early, but I think uh, she's going to be good for me. Um, so I did that, and then I went for a run. I couldn't go back to sleep, so I was like, "Might as well go for a run." And, Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I'm already in already in, in in an introspective place today, Ricardo.
0: Oh, so good. It'll be
1: so it'll be uh, interesting. It'll you call me
0: Ricardo. One... You don't ever call me. Yeah, Ricardo. I know. I know. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I just I just worked on that film set and I, I go professionally by Ricardo. It's like when I audition uh, and like most of the time when I'm on a set and stuff like that, I just go by Ricardo because it's it's. A, it sounds more professional than Ricky, and and yeah. B, it's like only my friends call me Ricky type of thing, and not that I, if someone called me Ricky, I would be like that. I didn't know I, I would get upset, but like it's just like okay, when I when I'm doing something as a professional, I'm Ricardo, and then once people get to know me, then they can they can call me Ricky. But what's funny was one of the uh, the the director of photography, the DP, uh, his name is Mauricio. Uh, Mauricio just naturally started calling me Ricky without me even saying it, yeah. because it's a very common thing to for in in Latin in Latino cultures to call Ricardos Rickies because like yeah. my uncle is also Ricardo that they called Ricky growing up so like it's just very common so he naturally started calling me Ricky and I, and then other people started doing it too and I was like oh this is interesting <laughs> it was cool you just though. look like a
1: Ricky you know you look like a I Ricky do. I know. I'm they, never a Rick. They, I don't know if I'll ever be a Rick. Yeah, they, no, Rick. Rick wears way more cologne than you. Uh, My
0: uncle's name is Rick. You watch uh, yourself. Tread lightly, buddy.
1: Uh, Tread but, lightly. Uh, it was funny. I saw pictures of you on that set, and they had you had like a shirt that said "Lucky," and I wanted to comment and be like, "They spelled your name wrong, bro." <laughs> <laughs> hold on, no, where'd it go?
0: Hold on, hold on. I found it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They let me keep Lucky. it. That's
0: cool. Here's the thing about this shirt. Uh, it's a size too small for me. Yeah. Like, luckily, it, like, isn't too tied up at the top where I thought, like, usually is a problem. My chest is kind of big. So, like, usually, like, my barrel chest kind of gets really tight. But that wasn't the issue with this shirt. It actually fit pretty well other than the fact that it's a little short. Mm. So, like, mm. whenever I'd move around, obviously it would, like, come up a little bit. So, like, my belly would show at the bottom when I would do, like – we did a lot of running in this movie, so like my belly was popping out quite a bit. <laughs> a little self conscious about it, but it was fine. They let me keep the shirt. I might burn it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, it's interesting. I mean, we're talking about big today. And so, as I was saying in the intro, like body swap and body transformation stories have been around for probably even before the. 1600 you know the 1600s i mean i'm sure it's part been part of storytelling tradition and culture for forever you know um and it, it it tends to be about like giving people a different perspective on things and so your identity is so wrapped up and themes of identity are so wrapped up in these types of stories um but this one isn't as focused on that or at
1: least yeah
0: in a different way
1: this is this one's different
0: This one is different. Yeah. What are your initial thoughts on big? What was your first introduction to this movie in in your life?
1: Well, I actually, I I haven't, so I hadn't seen it since I was maybe probably his age in the movie. Like, so it's kind of weird. You haven't
0: seen it since you were like 13 or 12?
1: Yeah. I haven't seen it since I was like 12 or 13 and then now I'm 33. So it's like a weird, you know, you're the two ages. Yeah, I'm the two ages when I watched it. So it it hit very. It it was an interesting uh, feeling watching it, and also, uh, what I remembered watching it about watching it when I was a kid, definitely, like carries through to now. Like there's a there's like a deep pain in this film. Like there's like a, yeah. a, a, a such a sadness that this movie evokes in me when I watch it. Um, Cause it's like, a, there's like an, like a pure love in this movie. You know what I mean? It's like a love we all hope mm-hmm. for. And then like, it can't be, it's, it's like a mm-hmm. true unrequited love story. Uh, and so there's that. And, uh, and something that, you know, just like is wild to me about this movie. It's like how iconic it is. Like, like if you watch a film, like montage of anything of any, anybody makes a film montage. There has to be the piano dancing scene. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? There's just like, and, and why is that? Like, there's just something about Tom Hanks dancing on a huge piano that like is timeless. Like there's something about that that is timeless. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we can talk about that, but mm. uh, so like, this is a great movie it's like a movie that since I've seen it before, like the plot itself tracks pretty simply, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, I'd I'd say it's the emotions that it makes you feel that are really, really what matter, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's what really sets this into like a time. Like, and, and it's different. Like, like we said, it's different than most body swap movies because it's not about getting another person's perspective it's about having your own life experiences you know and no. not missing them so it's like interesting it's a little definitely a a, a to the left uh
0: yeah of a little story. bit more y- a unique spin on the body yeah. swap idea yeah because yeah. um, it's like like, like, the, so the reason why I picked this movie is because Diane Keaton has an, an also a body swap movie coming out uh, around this time. Um, and it is kind of a very similar idea here in that she's aging herself, this character ages herself up to be older. Um, it's called uh, Mac and Rita. Gotcha. Um, uh, and so, it, but she's aging herself up to her like 70s. So, like, you do get a different perspective on life at that point, in in yeah. a different way. Like I don't, I think this movie's so interesting because it only ages him up, maybe into his thirties. So like, yeah. not so vastly different that he's like getting a different like view of how people treat him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because people in their thirties just kind of like exist and live, and it's not like a whole societal way of looking at people. Where where like in your seventies, like people treat you, yeah. get, you're different. Yeah. Um. So I think this movie hits that cool middle and yeah, you're right. There's some really cool stuff going on Uh, and we're going to talk about um, some of the different interesting aspects that went into making this movie and why it might be so special in in that way. Um, So let's, uh, Oh, I got to talk about my original experience with this movie. Um, So for me, this movie, and this might not fully be the case, but I remember this is one of my favorite movies growing up. It's, it's still a movie that I love very much. I wouldn't know if what would say it's my one of my favorites now, but I still like it very, very much. Um, this is one of those movies that my, I remember watching at my grandma's house in Ohio. This was like one of those films that they had a, on VHS in their home. So whenever I was in Cleveland with them, we were watching big. And I'm sure my family had also had this movie on VHS at our house in, in Illinois. But like a clear memory is watching it with my grandma in their house um yeah and loving it so much and um have i've continued to go back to this movie a lot throughout my life and i just think it's it's great um uh like i said probably maybe around still like some of my favorite movies but not like the top as it used to be um it's great though um but let's get into how this film came to be So this film was directed by Penny Marshall, who we covered recently uh, as the director of A League of Their Own, but also Jumpin' Jack Flash, Awakenings, Renaissance Man, The Preacher's Wife, Riding Cars with Boys, as well as episodes of Laverne and Shirley, The Tracy Ullman Show, According to Jim and The United States of Tara. This film was written by Gary Ross who also wrote Mr. Baseball, Dave, Lassie, The Misery Brothers, Pleasantville, Seabiscuit, The Tale of Despero, The Hunger Games, Free State of Jones, Ocean's Eight, and the upcoming film Desert Warrior. Uh, He was nominated for Oscars for both Dave, Seabiscuit, and for Big. This film was also co-written with Gary Ross and Ann Spielberg, who has written uh, the TV movie Time Warp, one episode of The Amazing Stories, and the Oscar-nominated Big. Um... And Spielberg, who we've talked about before on the show, is married to Danny Opatashu, who we know as the writer of one of our favorite films here, Hollywood Boulevard. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) It all circles back around. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But here is the story of how big it came to be, the whole shebang. Anne Spielberg wrote the original script of Big along with Gary Ross under the impression that her brother, acclaimed director Steven Spielberg, would direct it with Harrison Ford attached to play Josh. Some say the story was inspired by the Italian film called Da Grande, which came out in Italy about a year before Big, but those claims have never been fully confirmed. However, Spielberg had to pass on the project after his son Max was born. After Big Bro Steven dropped out, producer James L. Brooks passed the script along to director Penny Marshall. With Marshall in the driver's seat, the lengthy casting process began. Spielberg and Ross wrote the part of Josh Baskin with Tom Hanks in mind to play the lovable kid in an adult's body. However, Hanks had to pass on the role due to scheduling conflicts with the shooting of 1987's Dragnet and 1988's Punchline. So the production went searching elsewhere. Marshall liked John Travolta for the role, but the studio refused to allow her to cast Travolta because he was considered box office poison at the time. This was about six or seven years before Pulp Fiction revived his career. Many other big names were considered for the role of Josh, including Kevin Costner, Warren Beatty, Steven Gutenberg, Dennis Quaid, Alfred Brooks, Sean Penn, Gary Busey, Andy Garcia, and many more. But ultimately, they would settle on the raging bull himself, Bobby De Niro, to play the role of adult Josh. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Due to De Niro's specific style, the script would have to be altered to suit him, turning Josh from a sweet suburban kid into a tough streetwise Brooklyn native. However, either from Scheduling conflicts or from an obscene salary rate, depending on who you ask, De Niro left the project, bringing us back to Tom Hanks as the production had to wait for Hanks to become fully available before filming began, which in its own right had its own consequences. In the mid to late 80s, there were a slew of body swap comedies coming out, including Like Father, Like Son, 18 Again, and Vice Versa, all due to hit theaters before Big. Many, including Marshall and her lead stars, Hanks and Elizabeth Perkins, were concerned that people would be bored of the body swap premise by the time this film came out. But luckily, the quality of Big's script and the caliber of its performances would help it rise above its competition. The film premiered in theaters in June of 1988 and instantly became a smash success, both critically and financially, grossing nearly $152 million worldwide on an $18 million budget in the 80s, which is crazy, making Marshall the first female director to make a film that grossed over a million, $100 million, wow. as well as earning itself an Oscar nomination for Best Original Screenplay, where it was nominated alongside What's It About Favorite? A fish called Wanda, yeah.
1: but it would eventually
0: lose to it would eventually lose to Rain Man, uh, and a Best Actor nomination for Tom Hanks, his first no- nomination of his career. But he would also end up losing to Dustin Hoffman for Rain Man as well. Yeah, De- def- definitely a good year for definitely, Rain Definitely, man. definitely, definitely a good, good year,
1: just in general. Definitely, definitely a good year in general. <laughs> good
0: year for films. Yeah,
1: the year I was born, baby.
0: Yeah, baby. (laughs) Despite losing the Oscar race, Big has continued to make an impact on pop culture as its inspired foreign film remakes, a Tony-nominated Broadway musical, several attempts at a television series, the popularization of floor pianos, the actual invention of Zoltar Speaks machines, and countless references in other films. I think it's safe to say that Big has had a big influence on film. That is the story of Big. Pretty interesting, especially all that casting stuff. I mean, that's not even everybody that was like that auditioned or tried to get into it. And apparently, so for Andy Garcia, they they thought they considered casting him, but a studio director said, "We don't want Josh to grow up to be Puerto Rican." Oh wow! And it's like Andy Garcia is (laughs) Cuban.
1: Well, this part, you know, it's really hard to imagine anybody else playing this part, truthfully like yeah like tom Tom hanks Hanks was perfect tom hanks has such like a innocence about him that Mm -hmm. transcends you know he's still america's dad you know what i mean like he's still like Mm -hmm. the good guy you know so it like really works for him to play a kid
0: Mm -hmm. there was they did some really cool stuff as far as like helping like tom hanks be the kids, you know, be the kids. inside adults. some things they did were like, um, they would film or they would have, uh, David Moscow who played young Josh, they would have David Moscow perform the scenes as he would. And then oh, wow. Tom Hanks would watch him and then kind of like, kind of mirror him and like kind of do those same kind of mannerisms uh david moscow at that point his feet were growing really fast so he kind of had this little duck walk and so tom hanks like mirrored the way he kind of like walked a little bit like they they put tom hanks and the two kids in like a, a room with a bunch of toys together for like a few hours and like had them like play and like hang out with each other so they could like get like a good chemistry and like like they did a lot of work to make sure that like Tom Hanks embodies the the teenager inside of the adult body, the you know yeah. young kid in the in the adult, and he did such a such a good job too. Um, but uh, yeah, Tom Hanks is so he's. I mean, he even said himself, he's like, I did not expect to get an Oscar nomination for this role, and it's it's such a unassuming Oscar worthy yeah. role. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, this is not the type of role that most people get nominations for.
1: No, it's just at
0: least especially these days
1: it's just such an authentic performance, you know, like Mm -hmm. you, you, you don't even think about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, there's not a moment you don't buy.
0: Right. You don't exactly. You never, there's a helicopter flying outside. Can you hear that? Barely. Not really. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Um, so, uh, we get a lot of helicopters in this area. Um, you're, you're totally right. There's, there's never a time where you don't believe that it's actually the kid inside the adult. Like you – never do – you, do you actually feel like, oh, no, no, no that's an actual adult. That's yeah. pretending to be a kid. No, no, no. You believe it's a, it's a kid. You do.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like it,
0: – It's so good.
1: It's one yeah. of those – it's like a movie that has fantasy elements that you just don't – you don't get hung up on. You, you don't get hung up on the like suspension of disbelief. Like it's like there's something about the the performances and like even just the way it's set up. It's like you you buy it. You, there's, it's just mm-hmm. so you know, like yeah, it makes sense. He went to a old you know fortune teller machine, and it like as a kid you'd think that could happen. And like that, like that's like something that you that it taps into that mm-hmm. just works, and then. You know, Tom Hanks is just so authentic and so innocent. His performance is just like, it. I don't know. It, it really, everything just works together in this movie to make it timeless. Yeah, the, it, it's classic.
0: And you don't have a bias on Tom Hanks, right?
1: I don't, really. You, know,
0: you don't have a personal connection with Tom Hanks?
1: I mean, I did. I did try to write him some letters, but... He never responded, so absolutely not. You don't know. <laughs> I have no no personal connection with Tom Hanks. Uh, you didn't know uh,
0: what those letters meant to him.
1: Oh, you're right, because I'm sure he saw them. Uh, you don't know, maybe. Maybe. Maybe he did, but uh, yeah, I wrote, I wrote. So when the pandemic hit, the big marker for uh, what was the beginning of the pandemic was Tom Hanks getting – COVID uh, in Hollywood, it wasn't real until Tom Hanks had it. And then when he had it, it was like, oh no, this is going to be awful. Um, so, what I did for like a while, uh, I would write a letter to Tom Hanks on my typewriter, my Corona typewriter every day uh, for like over a month. No response. I eventually gave up, but you know, it was a cool art project for a little while. I'll just post it Maybe a he
0: didn't get them until later.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Because he was sick. He's in Australia. Yeah, who knows? But I mean, it's the internet, bro. It's the Instagram. I I posted on Instagram. (laughs) How many followers do you have on Instagram? 335. Whoa! That's more than me. It's a lot more than my Twitter, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you never know. Maybe they'll get to him now. You know, maybe. Tom Hanks,
0: read Seth's letters.
1: Yeah, read my letters, bro.
0: They're on Instagram still, so you can go find them now.
1: They're sweet. They're sweet. (laughs) They are
0: very nice. You're a sweet boy.
1: Yeah, but (laughs) yeah. Um, Where were we?
0: We were talking about what this film is. Yeah. All right, so before we get into what's it about, we got to talk about what it is. Uh, We've touched on it basically, but here's the general plot. 13-year-old Josh Baskin is your normal, everyday, suburban teenage boy. He has chores, he has school, he has crushes, but he doesn't feel like he's big enough. He's grown up enough. And so he wishes on a machine at a carnival to be big. And the next morning he wakes up as a grown man. That is the story of big,
1: big, 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 big. I mean, what kid hasn't done that? You know, like every kid has has, has, wished they were older. And I mean, as me, adult, me, especially like I was a young kid in my class. So like I started school like like it might have been smart for my parents to have held me back a year just because like my birthday was so early in the year I was mm-hmm. I was like I started high school when I was 13 so like mm-hmm. I was way smaller than everybody else so I really related to this movie when it came out cuz like you know when when you're a foot shorter than everybody and you haven't gone through puberty yet and like mm-hmm. everybody else is like on the football team and huge you know you stand out a little you know you're you're going to get picked on uh, mm-hmm. so I, I, I totally related to this character as a kid. Um, yeah. So should we talk about the,
0: uh... yeah, Ooh. it's time to ask the question. It's, I chose this movie, so it's my turn to ask the question. Yay! Yeah. So,
1: <clears throat> big, what's it about? That's a good question, Ricky. Um,
0: I'm glad I asked it.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm circling this one. I have, I have a couple, you know, thoughts. Um, mm. I'm not, I, I haven't pinned it down totally. So, um, you know, one of the one, like the to me, the obvious theme here is you don't want to skip out on life experiences. Like you don't want to jump ahead. You know, you don't want to miss out on. Like it, everything that makes you who you are, you need you need all those experiences. You don't want to you don't want to miss any of them. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's totally what this is about. Like that's there. Um, I do think, like I mentioned um, earlier, there's a huge theme of like unrequited love here or like unfulfilled. Well, love. it's
0: it's hey hey, hey it's requited, right, buddy. It's requited. It it's, was requited, but it's several like several
1: times. But like the it's maybe it's ironic that the most um, adult theme in this in this movie is that love doesn't always work out. You know, like mm-hmm. like you might you might love somebody. It might be the purest love ever, but it's not meant to be. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's I think. I think maybe that's what this movie is about is like accepting those hard truths that you're that the idealism that you have as a kid will eventually be gone so you want to hold on to it as long as possible you know like love isn't always going to work out you know like mm-hmm. like which is like a pretty stiff dose of medicine to take as a kid you know Mm. like like when you're a kid you think yeah love love always prevails like love will always triumph like if it's pure love then it it must like it must it must triumph yeah and Mm -hmm. and that's just not always the case you know like that's not gonna happen so it's like Mm -hmm. it's like Maybe this movie's about holding on to those ideals as long as possible but knowing that eventually you will have to grow up or you will have to accept when they those ideals are tarnished and then you can't go back like which is really sad I mean that's like a really sad <laughs> thought but I think it's true it's like it's like hold on to your ideals as long as possible but once you lose them, it's really hard to regain. I don't know. Like I said, I'm 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 trying to pin it down. Um but you got something? You got something?
0: <laughs> you don't want to talk more about yours first?
1: Well, we can I think I think we should spitball, you know? Like I think
0: okay.
1: I got I think I, I got something, but it's I, I yours is gonna be a lot more optimistic, it usually is, so
0: Oh, God. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, uh, so for, for me, a lot of what you get out of this movie, I think, depends on where you are as a person, even even like it, as an age, where you are in your life. So like when I was younger and I watched this movie, I was getting a little bit more of what you're talking about the first thing of like, hey, like take your time. Don't, don't wish to skip ahead because everybody else is looking back. Yeah. you know? Yeah. So like live your life, experience it because that's important. Yeah. As, you know, don't grow up too fast because yeah. you're going to miss it. And so like for me as a young person, that was like, okay, like sometimes i I do wish that like I could skip through this or that, you know, this experience of being young and no one taking you seriously and people thinking that you're too immature, or you don't understand cause you're too young. Like that sucks. All that does suck. It sucks being marginalized because you're young. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so like yeah, so there's part of you that sometimes wishes that you could just skip to when people would take you seriously or when you could drive. Like that was a big one for me. It's like, man, I just wish I could you know, I can't wait till I can drive. You know? Yeah. And then like the next wait. one after I can't Zai, wait I can't till w- I'm
1: I'm out of school, you know. I can't yeah. wait till I'll,
0: I can't wait till I'm old enough to drink. Yeah. Like those things.
1: I can't wait till I can rent I a car.
0: Right. Yeah. Those milestones, like, you know, like those are the milestones that like, as you grow up, you're like, I, I, I just want to get to that point because that's going to be so great. And you forget about all the moments in between that are special too. So like when I was younger, that's exactly what I would like say of, like, yeah, like don't skip ahead. Like you're going to want those experiences. And, and so like, don't, don't miss out on them. But as an, you know, like you said, at, as being in my thirties now, I watched this movie and honestly, I'm surprised you didn't say something that you talk about all the time. What's it's that? like kind of, and you kind of touched on it, but it's like keep the kid alive in you. You know? Yeah. We see we see Josh skip all those years that would have like we talked we talk about a lot in the show, like kill his inner child basically.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, we he skipped out on all those years, so he still has it. And so he looks at the world in this like Everything's exciting. Everything's new. Everything is special. Still yeah. to him. Yeah, he's not jaded, and so this
1: and those are the things that make him ex- successful.
0: Exactly, those are the things that that allow him to succeed far surpass anybody else around him. And not only that, he reawakens the inner child in others. Like we see it with, with Mr. McMillan in the store, you know, he, he starts playing with toys. He starts playing with the piano and immediately that brings out Mr. McMillan's child of like, I used to take, piano lessons too, you know, and like they go straight into it and you see the way he, he brings out the inner child in, in, um, Elizabeth Perkins' character. Sorry. If,
1: she's I'm so pretty. Her. She's so pretty in this she's,
0: movie. I had such a huge crush on her growing up because she's gorgeous in this movie. Like I, I
1: don't I don't think of her as like the Susan. hot. Susan. It's Susan. I don't think of her as like the hot lady, you know? Like like she's in some other like she's around and she doesn't like stick out in my head as like the super hot actress. But there's something about her in this movie that is like
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. It's the way she plays this character is yeah well also the character arc is so good that she's like so kind of like she's a ladder climber you know she's kind of sleeping around the office yeah she she's a little bit of a shark in a lot of ways yeah and she can't shark josh you know because he has no idea what's happening (laughs) yeah Yeah. so like he can't be manipulated in that way because he just is blissfully unaware
1: and she becomes so soft and like
0: like, that's what's so yeah. wonderful about yeah. her character is that he softens her and that moment where she thinks she's going back to his apartment to 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 sleep with him yeah and she walks in and it's just toys Playoffs. everywhere bunk, yeah. a bunk bed a pin machine, a trampoline in the freaking house
1: which i have decided if i get rich and famous i want to re- tr- re- like redo that like as a as a like a pad <laughs>
0: I think they have like pop-up experiences that like are like that. Like you can like rent a room that's like set up. Like I'm sure they do. I bet if you look it up, you can find it. Um, But like the moment where he like literally you actually see him awaken her inner child on that trampoline where he's sitting there and she like refuses to jump. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like really like let yourself go. Like like, come on. And like it it takes a moment and then she just is like completely free. And like I was thinking about this. So this movie came out in 88. So I'm assuming it was taking place in present time, present day for them. She's in her thirties. So, you know, early to mid thirties probably. So she was probably born in the early fifties or so early to mid fifties. Yeah. Like personal home trampolines were not that popular back then. Right. It's like, recreational trampolines were like a thing like like trampoline parks and trampolines centers and things like that were, were in use and obviously trampolines for like circuses have been around but like personal at home like you have a trampoline in your backyard type stuff was not yeah. super popular at, when she was growing up most likely so i don't know how i honestly it's unclear if she's ever even been on a trampoline
1: yeah you yeah. know So I that's
0: mean, that's an interesting moment
1: yeah, it's wild. And how rich, I mean, what, it's crazy how rich he gets so fast, you know? So like, fast. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the job he gets, he gets, becomes a vice president of a toy company and he's like suddenly living in Manhattan with like a huge apartment that has a trampoline.
0: That it? has to be so expensive. Hey, they're all rentals though. He didn't yeah. buy any of them. Yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. rentals. So <laughs> they probably are a little bit cheaper, but still. Because yeah. um, he was only there for like six, Six to eight weeks, yeah. at most. so two months. Uh, but yeah, right, it has to be so expensive. Um
1: That's the that's like my only like I don't know, bro. Moment about about him going back. It's like like he set himself up well. You know what I mean? Like he set himself vice president of of yeah toy development.
0: Yeah, like, That's like a job that people work their entire lives for. I mean we see that – the other guy uh, uh, played by um, Kevin McAllister's dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. John Henry Paul. Yeah. Paul. Paul. Paul Paul. Uh, we see Paul. Bob's office. <laughs> Bob's office is bigger than my office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so great. You then, see people work their whole lives for that kind of stuff and never get it.
1: Like even as a kid, I was like, I don't agree with this. Like – I don't agree. You wouldn't go it's, back. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't think I would have. I mean, like, he's he's got a dream life. Like, he's got a like he's got a dream life. He's got a, a, a true love. You know what I mean? Like, it's that would be really hard to to abandon. You know, to go back and and like get made fun of again. You know, like go back and like go through the struggle of it. Like, I mean, maybe it's all worth it, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Like the people would kill to have that set up, you know?
0: I, I guess the movie does such a great job of making you realize why he's going back. So like if he stayed, yeah, he would have, and he even says this, there's a million reasons for me to go back. There's only one to stay. Like to him, sure, the, the the apartment, the job is cool. But he hasn't grown up to the point where he actually cares about those things. He just has them. He just got yeah. them. And he's like, this is cool. But, it's like, but then as we see at the end of the movie, he becomes like an actual like adult. And he's developing his own project and he's actually working like he's an adult. And he's like, this is not great.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? he he could never appreciate it the way an actual adult can cuz cuz he had to skip everything else before that you know
1: but even still so like, like even like just the Well that I think that just
0: says something about you maybe maybe <laughs> but, but and he like I said he says there's only one reason for him to stay and it's her right and like yeah. but also like the pain that he's causing his mother and his, yeah. his dad and yeah. his sister and his best friend you know, all the other people he loves. Yeah. Like they would never get to see him again and just think that he was kidnapped and murdered.
1: That, that would that would be the bigger motivation to me. Like that would That's, be- I think
0: that made it very yeah. clear that his mother is a huge motivation for him and how much she cares and loves him. You know, when he's talking on the phone with her about like, hey, like, jo- like Josh is, I have Josh, but you know, I'm taking care of him. I think he's great. And she's like, if you like touch one hair on his head, I will find you and I will murder you. And he's like surprised by like how much she like loves and cares about him. Because sometimes when you're growing up, it doesn't feel like your parents like this. Maybe this is a horrible thing to say, but I think it's very true. I think this is a child's perspective on things. Sometimes it doesn't feel like your parents care about you that much. You know, when they're when they're yelling at you because you didn't clean your room, or when they're they're constantly badgering you about this or that. Sometimes in your stupid child head, my parents don't like me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, or my parents. I'm a burden to my parents. You know, like the stupid thoughts that children have yeah. about their parents, and it's like you don't think about how much they legitimately would die for you, type of right. thing. You know? Yeah. Like that's an adult thought about my parents cared so much for me back then they would die for me. And when you become a parent, you you know it. I would die for this child.
1: Yeah, you don't. You, know? you don't have like a conscious knowledge of how much your parents love you. You know, exactly. It's, it's just passive. It's like, yeah, they love me. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they don't let me do what I want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like,
0: if they really love me, they let me do yeah, whatever I yeah, want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: but that's, I think that's talking about the change of perspective of a what movie. That becoming an adult allows Josh just to really see as an adult how much his mother cares about him, how much his best friend cares about him. You know, because you, again, you don't really, th- like you said, you're not conscious of, the deeper meaning of what it means to be loved by, you know, truly un uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, unconditional love from, from people. Yeah. That's a, that's unconditional love is such a hard thing to grasp. Even as an adult, like it doesn't make, it's not logical. It doesn't make sense. So like for children, it just like, I'm sure it's so subconscious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for so for me to circle back to like what my theme is, it's keeping that like you said, keeping that inner child alive because that is is special. Your inner child is special. Well, that's and all there really it, is,
1: you know. Mm-hmm. Like like I I agree um but I do to take it like further and to like get philosophical mm-hmm. about this. Like is it inevitable that that inner child will I mean, it, it it's inevitable that the inner child will decay. My inner child has taken a beating in the past couple of years. I'm not gonna lie, mm-hmm. this pandemic has definitely like kicked the crap out of my inner child. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I've aged more in the past three years than I have my whole life, um, and mm-hmm. it's just from like the stress of you know the end of the world, maybe. You know? <laughs> I, I, I grew so like I grew up fearing the end of the world because I was raised re- really religious and then it kind of happened so like it was like this big fulfillment of of like is covid the rapture well it, no. I don't think so I don't it's think not. so no <laughs> but I'm saying like some
0: people might say yes it,
1: it felt it felt very scary when it was going down and it like, like when it yeah right in the beginning yeah, yeah. and so. Um, but, but definitely that inner child is like the only thing like, cause is that really, it's like you only feel alive when that inner child is like active, mm-hmm. you know, like life is about trying to get back to that and living in a way that's uh, something that this movie does really well is like, it shows where like adults don't change from children you know, like, mm-hmm. like there's still like a part of them that is a kid and, and it, it carries through and it's like, you, you want to say something about that?
0: Well, no, I, 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 totally agree with you. So like, I think some examples of that, I mean, we talked about Mr. McMillan and like the piano, right? All it took yeah. was like a little, a little reminder and out comes that, that like, reawakens, like you said. It kind of goes dormant. I think Decay, I get what you're saying about Decay. I think goes dormant might be a better way. Because, like, it'll come, awaken, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. there, it's more, as powerful as it ever has been. Um, yeah. And we also see it a little bit in, like, Paul during the racquetball scene. Like, this whole, yeah, yeah. Like, like, petty argument of, like,
1: Give me the ball. Give me the ball.
0: Give me the ball. Give me the ball give him all your shit. Yeah. Like he's yelling yeah. at him and, and like, and he's a child too. So he's like, no, like you cheated. Like you're lying. You're yeah. you know, like, it's a very childlike argument. And then what does he do? He punches him.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's, and he has a whole conversation with Susan of like, she's like, he's afraid of you. He's like, yeah, but he punched me. Why would he punch me? if He's afraid of me. She's like, he punched you because he's afraid. That's such yeah. a child action yeah. of like, I'm, I'm going to attack something that I'm afraid of to try and, you know, try and keep, keep it away from me. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of scare it, scare it, make it more scared of me than I am a bit. That's such a, 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 a playground mentality.
1: Yeah. Um, and the other, the other thing that I just like thought was cool that is maintained is like, I guess it's not an adult. It's, it's like, it's not an adult. Example is actually a kid example, but it carries through is his relationship with Billy is just, it's like a, it's an adult friendship. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's a best friend relationship that transcends like, yeah, they might do kids stuff, but the way they talk to each other is just like Mm -hmm. grownups talk to each other. You know, like it's, it's very, very mature. The relationship is mature because they're Mm -hmm. so close. So like, you know, you're, you're my best friend, one of them, like the way we talk to her, to each other is, is free, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it, it's uninhibited. And, uh, so that allow like, I think that's cool. Like the, how that doesn't change from when you're a kid to when you get older is like your best friend, you're going to talk to your best friend the same way you, you always talk to your best friend, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so Yeah,
0: this movie has has an f bomb in it. Drops who, one f bomb. Who does? And it's PG. PG. Really? Who says that? B- Billy. When does he say when, that? Uh, when Josh. So he goes to give Josh like the information about like where the soltar machine is, and Josh is like, "Look, I'm busy." Yada yada yada. Like he's on the phone. He's he's doing his adult thing. This is important. And then Billy looks at him, and and he goes. Who the fuck do you think oh, you yeah, are? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> you're Josh Baskin. You're my best friend. <laughs> you, you broke your arm when you fell out of my tree back in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, uh, there are only like three or four movies in all of film history that ha- drop an f bomb and still have a PG rating. Wow, wow. And this is one of them. Spaceballs is one of the other ones. Huh. But like this is like the PG thirteen era that like PG thirteen just came out. It's like they hadn't made that like criteria yet about like F bombs and language and stuff like that. Yeah, so, like sure. this is one of those movies that was like, Oh sure. <laughs> yeah, One's well, okay. a little
1: slide. <laughs> yeah. slide.
0: This is an emergency. <laughs> well, what do you call this? <laughs> <laughs> I love Bill. I think Billy's a great character. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Um, But I totally agree with you. And it, it's, I think where we can relate to this personally is through acting and through performance, right? Like, for me my inner child comes out my my play comes out when i'm performing and it's we even talked about this when we were talking about clueless sometimes it even comes out socially yeah you know and you can't control it you know you're yeah. you're you're free you're you're kind of just moving and you like even sometimes even your conscious brain is like maybe you shouldn't be behaving this way or like you know yeah. maybe you should pull back a little bit but it's like uh, the inner child's got their reins right now and it's just having a good time you know? Yeah. And that's, that's, I think like where this movie gets really interesting is, is when does that inner child come out when you're an adult and when does it get put away? Right.
1: Yeah. Um, And like, or how do you find ways to get it to come out? mm -hmm. You know, like it's, I think it's getting harder and harder in our current society to find ways for your inner child to come out. Like if you're aware of what's going on in the world, you know, everything's so. It's, it feels it feels serious. almost inappropriate. Everything's so yeah. serious, and so like, I always kind of said I, I, I want to be a comedian because I don't find anything funny. So it's like I'm like a minor for comedy because you're it's searching
0: like, for I'm, searching for humor. Yeah,
1: yeah, and like that's how I feel. Is like uh, I, I suffer, but, you know. I, I mentioned therapy earlier. I, I suffer from severe anxiety, which leads to depression, and. Uh, so for me, I'm sad a lot, you know? So like my, I, am constantly looking for something that will relieve me from that anxiety. And, and so like forever, it's been forever. It's been like art, right? Like it was acting for forever. It was comedy, you know? Um, but like since the pandemic and this is kind of like what I'm struggling with right now is like, I just haven't been able to like find that outlet that like the motivation. Um, it's like, I was talking to Sarah about this last night. It's like when shit hit the fan, it was like, I realized that the first thing that goes out the window when the world is ending is art, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like, well,
0: I think even first and foremost, humor, humor goes out the window first. Yeah. Yeah. No room for making jokes.
1: Yeah, there's no room for jokes when uh,
0: the world is ending.
1: The world is ending. I mean, maybe there is in the right crowds in the right circles. Well, I
0: I remember I remember in that early pandemic when like we were all in like lockdown and stuff like that, and like some people did try to like do humorous things, you know, make jokes or like yeah. you know work on comedy stuff in their home while they're like were stuck, and like some of that stuff like made it out and like was like well received, but a lot of it was like. Now's not a time to joke. It's yeah. not time to make jokes about this. Yeah, yeah. I even remember, so I started doing my Fiverr thing. So I write song parodies. I've been writing song parodies since high school, freshman year of high school. So a long time now. I've written like 500 of them. A lot. Uh, I started uh, writing them and selling them on Fiverr. And I remember one person contacted me and had me write a a you know a COVID themed parody about like dating online during like early covid so like during those early lockdown days like those first like two three weeks four yeah. weeks when we were like weren't allowed to leave the house type of thing um someone wanted to write a, a song about like trying to date through you know through virtual means when you actually can't go to see anybody um and i thought it was a cool look little idea and i wrote it and i, I thought the song was pretty good and then uh, i reached out to them not too long ago and was like hey did that video you guys made ever come out i would love to see it and the guys like yeah he's like no we didn't end up making it it just it didn't feel appropriate yeah you know yeah and so like that's how i felt a lot of people were it's like it just for some people it didn't feel like a good time to be
1: well it feels like some, funny like in a lot of ways some people still are you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that culture carried over for a long time I well,
0: think, I mean, we went from the pandemic to, to Black Lives Matter yeah. movement, you know, with all that. And then we went into, you know, um, Russia and Ukraine and the, well, and the, now we're well you're skipping a, like, the, Roe uh, v.
1: Wade. you're skipping the election, like the, the election, right? like, which was nuts, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's been a shit two years and like, even, I mean, we can all, I mean, like we've said, we've talked about this before, but like a comedian got assaulted for making a joke, you know, two. Yeah. Two, two. Yeah.
0: Chris rock and Dave Chappelle. Yeah.
1: And like, for me, like comedy has always been that outlet. Like the last, like one of the only places I can let out my inner child. And like, I don't know. I've been terrified of comedy really for the past, Since the Me Too movement, honestly, it's been it's been like a different frontier. Um, And I think it's good in a lot of ways, but it's also like I do think the pendulum has to swing back the other way at at some point and find some sort of middle ground. Because like the inherent nature of comedy is to comment on the status quo. So like if status quo is like extreme one way comedy inevitably has to go the other way, you know, Mm. and then slowly things balance and then the opposite happens. But like, you know, like it's, I think that slap was the slap that start is going to start moving the pendulum back. You know, Mm. we're going to have to chill out a little bit. Like we're going to have to Mm. start like letting people, express themselves um, and
0: it, it goes back to to what we were saying a little bit earlier when is it appropriate to let out your inner child because yeah. like you could say Chris Rock doing a bit doing a funny joke you know expressing himself and express you know a comedian expressing themselves is a little bit of like letting that inner child out yeah. right yeah and, and to have somebody literally assault them or you know, or even not literal, or even like heckle or or admonish, yeah. you know. You're right. Then diminishes that inner child and puts them away, and maybe they're hesitant to come out next time. And so it's like finding those. Where is it appropriate to do that? For me, one of the places I do that the most is where I work with the kids. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm like that's a that's a daily five days a week thing where I literally I'm entertaining children under the age of two years old and so like i have to let the inner child out in order to engage with them because if i'm above them outside of them there's there's no way that they're going to engage so i have to like let that inner child out and you know that's one of the things like a lot of families are like you're so good at this and and this and that and it's like i honestly i it just happens you know you open the door and it, it happens and then you close it up and you're like i don't even know what i was doing you know, honestly, I had no control over a lot of that. Yeah. You know, and so it that's one of the reasons why I work that job to this day, because it's not like it pays me very much. It, I, like I've worked my way up the pay scale a little bit, but like, you know, it's a mostly a part time job. It doesn't really help me support myself completely. And so people ask me, like, why don't you get a better paying job? Why don't you work food service, you know, where you can get more you money? Know. And it honestly, the answer is really because I get to express my myself and be a child for 30 hours a week,
1: and that's really really nice. Sometimes,
0: yeah. Sometimes it's taxing, but other times it's it's really relieving.
1: I mean, that's I mean that's the problem with the service industry. It it will also like beat you down, (laughs) you know. Like Mm -hmm. like I've had to get creative. Honestly, to survive uh, in in my head, working in the service industry, uh, because people treat you like garbage, you know. So like, you just you just you're, you know, you're in a world where you're receiving constant criticism from every direction, and and nothing, and it's like your entire existence is to make other people get other people what they want, but they're like mean you know so yeah that's not always the case like some people are great like Mm -hmm. my clientele that i work with now is like wonderful but it's really weird when you're learning to serve because like you don't know how much is too much you know like you don't you're you have to you have to like get your feet on how on what people want you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and um so, like what I you know kind of developed in my head, these are weird things, but like uh i uh I kind of fancy myself uh a ninja uh, so yeah, like, so like this I is, know that. this is a way i
0: he calls himself a ninja a lot, yeah, he calls it there's, there's three things that he calls himself, he calls himself a ninja, he calls himself Harry Potter, and shit, I can't remember the other thing, but you call yourself Harry Potter, and you call yourself a ninja a lot. <laughs>
1: But I, I, you know, in my 20s, when I was working at Yoshi's, like, I took on this, like, mindset that, it, and it's childish, it's, it's a total way to, like, act out in my imagination, you know, fantasy, if, you know, uh, but it, it, like, allowed me to, like, pursue my job in a different way, you know, so it's, like, basically the the, like, basis of this delusion is uh, uh, Karate Kid, you know? Like, we, we all love Karate Kid growing up. Um, wax on, wax off, you know? And, like, I took this mindset of, okay, doing one thing is actually also applicable to something else, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just started, like, taking that very seriously as... A waiter you know what i mean like i started moving through the environment in a way that was like oh i'm not i'm like actually learning to move well you know and and i can dance really well now but i and i think it's entirely attributed to food service because i know how to move through a room you know mm-hmm. um I, I have really good balance like uh you know i have Great core strength uh, because I'm up and down stairs all the time. So, like, I just started – I had to literally trick my brain into thinking about my job in a different way, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, the soft skills I've learned from, you know, learning to communicate with people that you don't really want to communicate with, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah. yeah.
0: I totally – do. I totally get it. So, like, this – yeah, this – so, for example, for me, working at this this children's facility that I work at, um, when I was in college, my vocal range for singing was a little bit lower. It was a little bit more baritone, edging on, like, beginning of bass range. Over the years of working at a place for kids and having to talk in a much higher vo- vocal register all the time, yeah, my vocal range has gone up. I cannot hit the same notes I could when I was in college, low notes. Oh, wow. I can't go low anymore. My vocal range has gone higher. So now I'm more of like a, a baritone tenor, like low tenor. So wow. a very tenor. My vocal range has shifted because most of the time I'm talking up here and I'm saying, Oh wow. Like I'm talking to the kids up in the higher register. Yeah. So my higher vocal register has become way stronger and more developed than my low register.
1: Yeah,
0: Cause I don't, I don't talk to the kids down here <laughs> ever. Yeah, Uh, which is because it's, you know, six, seven years of talking and singing up there is going to change you without you realizing, you know, and you're right. Like, like it's it has an effect. The things that you do your day to day have an effect on you. And we see that with Josh, too, in this movie, like his day to day ends up getting to him. Yeah. Getting to his inner child, and what's interesting is he's going to take all that, all the lessons he learned as an adult, and he's going to take them back to being a kid. Think that's, about
1: that's the other. That's the other. Honestly, thing are you gonna? Movie.
0: Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Do you think he's gonna forget? No, he's not gonna forget. He's not gonna forget. I was just gonna say there is a there is a there is a touchy subject in this movie, and there, like we're that. talking
1: about child trauma here at this point. Like, yeah, like he 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 he
0: does the he does the dirty.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. Which is like... At 13, uh, though. Yeah. That's, I mean, and
0: he, he's already there. I mean, he has crushes on girls. Like, right. Like, he he makes a joke with his little sister about, like, don't tell anybody what goes on in this room. So, yeah. like, like, there's some ideas of he's probably going through puberty already. Right. A little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, it's this movie does an impressive job of maintaining the purity and integrity of the film. But if you really think about it, it's pretty, it's a little, it's fucked up. It's really fucked up.
0: (laughs) So I guess that's the big question about this movie, right? Is, is like, it kind of goes back to, do you believe that his inner child was being diminished at that point? When, you know, was he starting to tuck away that inner child and, and was the adult starting to take over. Right. And so in that way, is it traumatic because it happened in, in an adult?
1: Well, brain, in a way. So like, okay. is it
0: gonna, It'd gonna? be more traumatizing if there's a grown woman and a 13 year old in a 13 year old body, that would absolutely be yes. traumatizing. Is it different?
1: I mean, I think, okay. I, I'm going to try to go here. This is a touchy subject. Yeah. Like, so I understand. Sex really is like an ultimate expression of your inner child. It should be, you know, Mm -hmm. like, because we're, we're all just, it's, it's like, and when I say inner child, I don't mean that it's the purest version of you should be,
0: It's like the pure,
1: pure id. Yeah, yeah. So like, so like. Pleasure, pleasure, the pure pleasure zone. It's, it should be play. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the the ultimate physical form of play is sex. Like, Mm. and so that, and I think that's like what, how, why it's, it feels pure when it happens, you know, because like. They are just like the moment he's like he touches her boot for the first time, you know. Like there's so something really beautiful about that moment. You know what I mean? Like we've all felt. I mean, not all of us, maybe, but like if you've ever had, if I don't know who's virgin on the podcast, but or uh, not, not you. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, listener. What
0: the? What the?
1: I know what the hell, not, dude? I'm not a, I know you're not a virgin. But, like, what I mean is, is, like, if you've ever had sex, which most people my age have, um, you've been in that moment and, like, you're lucky if it was as pure as mm-hmm. it was for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they're freely expressing themselves without fear. And mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes that moment so beautiful.
0: There is a purity to the to the way that 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 scene is shot and like portrayed. It is, it does seem very pure and innocent, even though it's like sex. Yeah, I mean, sex and innocence don't quite go together, right? Like rarely. But they
1: should. Like that's the thing. Is like, Mm -hmm. it's like it's like a it's like one of the easiest things to corrupt. But it's the one. It's the thing that. Well, I think sex
0: is is so typically so typically paired with a loss of innocence, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, but and like, it's
0: interesting that this movie this movie does do it in such a pure way. It, it's it's touchy. It's definitely touchy. I don't think at least the way this film is portrayed, and you can you can go into psychology, but that's all just conjecture and like just like, you know, outside perspectives of the movie. This is what the movie portrays it as. I don't think it's Trump going to be traumatic in that way. At least that one. What's for me, for me more traumatic is like the time he spent in that motel experiencing like I, I feel fe- bad. Real, real life-threatening fear.
1: Yeah, I agree. I cry. I feel bad for Susan, honestly.
0: Yeah, no, it hurts for her too. And this is something really cool that I think the movie does. It – because it does present the idea: Why doesn't she go with him? Why doesn't you know if it's why can't they be together? And like she presents a good idea of like I've already been through all that. Like I don't want to go through it again. Like, it, but how much weirder would this film have been if she would have gone back? Like they're thirteen year olds that have had sex with each other.
1: Like nah, that's weird. It's the, the it's weird. Also, I mean, like. The thirteen-year-old boy who goes back,
0: and then where does she go? Who? Yeah, <laughs> where does she live?
1: The thirteen-year-old boy who goes back, who hooked up with hot older lady. He's he'll be he'll probably be okay. You know what I mean? Like like he'll probably like yeah he might have some issues down the road, uh, but it's not gonna be like. Like it's it it's a win in his column, in his mind. You know what I mean? There are like he's thirteen like, year
0: olds that have sex now.
1: Yeah, that
0: yeah. were yeah, as yeah like, like you said, as pure and innocent of experience that Josh had. Yeah,
1: yeah. So like in in his column, he's like, yeah, uh, like,
0: man, they're gonna have some confidence. Yeah, confidence. The
1: confidence. With Susan, it's gonna be she she's a pedophile in her head, you know, like, like, she's like, I, she didn't do anything wrong, like knowingly, but like, she's like, I hooked up with a child. I, I, and so like, that's where I am. Like, that, that's like, tough. That's tough. You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in,
0: in the Italian film that this film was supposedly based on or inspired by the uh, Grande, the, the woman does go back with with him she does go to, back to being a child with him which is weird that's a weirder way to do i don't it. know
1: man i, I almost think if, if it was if you're taking it seriously like if it really happened you'd almost have to i like i would almost have
0: no to. no this logistically no can't like would you go back to being like a 13 year old and having to live through that again would you
1: i don't know i mean it depends if i have the knowledge that i have now then then yeah, I think I might, you know, like, it depends on how, how much you, well, here's the
0: thing, though, how much knowledge would you have if you had skipped? Like you'll have a little, right. but not all the knowledge that you have. You'd have an extra, give yourself six weeks of
1: being an adult. <laughs> but, and to take but, down knowledge back to being 13. But, but Susan would have all the knowledge she had. Right. I, to be fair, we're both
0: cisgendered men. Yeah. Yeah. And so the experience of growing up as a young woman is probably much different.
1: Right. That's true.
0: So I can understand that she might not want to go through that again. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just to be fair there, for me and you, it may be a little bit easier.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I would definitely go about things differently. You know, if, yeah. if like, I would, I would... Yeah, I, I would make different choices.
0: Man, cause. I'd be just as lame as I was before. <laughs> I, you said it. I'm so myself, and I've been myself for so long. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be able to change it. I would maybe give a less of a shit. You've done it re- Liked me though.
1: You've done a really good job of maintaining your inner inner child and inner self, like your your purity. To, I think
0: to to a detriment sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I would say that's true. So like that's a good – that raises a good question is like so what – when do you start letting that stuff go? You know what I mean? So it's like Mm -hmm. when is the appropriate time to let your inner child out and when is it also – When
0: is it appropriate to put it it away? away?
1: You know, like –
0: I guess maybe it's like having more control over over that. So like this movie is kind of about he is young. He has no control over the fact that he's – that he's small, yeah. Um, and so he wishes to be big, which you know he doesn't really think is going to happen, but like it happens, and then that's out of his control, right? He just yeah. is, and so he can't put bring out his adult his adult. He can't put his inner child away because he doesn't have an adult to go to, right? He doesn't have an outer adult. Right. If we're going to do inner child, outer adult would be the inverse. He doesn't have an outer adult to front, so. Right. Again, he's out of control in that way. So like we have the benefit in, of having both experiences. We can yeah, pull the inner child out, but we can also put the outer adult forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, also uh, – yeah. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just – no, I, I, I don't think I had
0: anything. Go ahead. I was just going to say I have just one extra gripe with this movie about him trying to get on this roller coaster when he's too short. <laughs> And and the girl's like, that's a stupid rule. I was like, You shut your f- mouth, dumb kid. Those those rules are very important. <laughs> those you, ride rules. Yeah. Very important. You don't know that when you're are a you, kid.
1: You don't get that. I know. You don't get no. that. Like there's no, just, like there's nothing worse than that. Like it's one of the worst feelings of your life is too, too short kid, to ride this. Too ride. short to ride the ride is like, ah. Uh, like, I'm missing out on a major life experience right now by not getting on this roller coaster. Like, mm-hmm. that's just
0: you no know, one doesn't even look very fun. It just goes around in a circle.
1: Yeah, I'm just kidding. It looks awesome. It looks awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love rides. I love roller coasters. Yeah. Uh, but, but she goes, it's a stupid rule, and I was like, you shut your damn mouth. Those rules are save lives. But
1: sometimes you're not ready to ride the ride. Maybe that's sometimes you're not ready to ride the ride. That's he wasn't like, ready
0: for that ride.
1: No, you know like, he rides wait, it later. Yeah, wait till you're tall enough. Wait till you're tall enough to ride the ride. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I always kind of like. I I feel like that's kind of like when you when you. Do things you shouldn't do. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm trying to use the right verbiage here. Like, if I was like talking from a religious perspective, like if you sin, right? Like, uh, you're, you're like jumping ahead in the book in kind of a weird way. Like, like you're exposing yourself to, you're exposing yourself to things that you're not ready for. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So like, um, having sex too young or, or whatever, it's like, you're, you're exposing yourself, you're, you're, you're taking and you're jumping ahead in the novel and, you know, you're harming yourself because you're not getting the full story. Like, I think what happened to me, I, I smoked weed when I was like, in my twenties, uh, like early twenties. And it was like, I was exposed to all this new information that my brain wasn't ready to process, you know? And so like I spent the last 10 years, like putting that crap I opened in, in order, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's interesting. It's like, take life as it comes. Don't, don't try to skip ahead because you, you might not be able to,
0: you might not be ready for it. You might not be
1: ready for it which is what happens to this kid, you know, like mm-hmm. he wasn't right. I guess he's not ready for love. You know what I mean? Like he's not,
0: he might not, you're right. It's a lot for him. Uh, and he, as he says, you know, like this is, I'm just a kid. Like I'm not ready for, he even says it. I'm yeah. just a kid. I'm not ready for all this. You yeah. know, she thinks he means com- like commitment issues and he just means like an adult relationship in general.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's where I don't, that's kind of my, I think that's my biggest gripe is I don't think he would consciously know that. You know what I mean? Like, that's a really mature... Well, well, that's the
0: argument of, like, is this, like... You know, the thing... A lot of times in, like, body swap movies, there's just, like, there's a t- ticking clock type type mechanic where it's, like, after a certain period of time, the change is permanent and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, this movie doesn't really set that up, but you do see him beca- act and become more of, like, an adult as the film goes on. Yeah. And so... There is a question of is that the world's influence making him behave more like an adult? Or is there, because he biologically, he has an adult brain. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have a child brain in there, he has a full adult brain. And so, like, is there some part of him that's like, that is starting to lose and that inner child go dormant and the adult brain starting to take over without, like, the film actually explicitly saying that? Yeah. I think so. I would say yes. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. So I think maybe he is a little bit emotionally mature enough at that point to recognize it.
1: Yeah. Maybe.
0: Maybe. Also, also Susan helps him along with like these realizations of self-reflection and things like that, you know, talking <laughs> through those things. And so maybe he gets he – gets, you know, he has a moment where he's out on his walk talking to Billy and he, he's like, I was on a walk. I just need to think about stuff and he does reflect. So, I mean, he takes the time but you're right. A 13-year-old might not have the wherewithal.
1: Yeah. I think – Who knows? I think my favorite moments in this movie are f- from the party on – He's eating the corn cob. Like, the, the, the corn cob. Yeah, the, corn the, cob. The,
0: the, the, the mini corn. You know that was improvised?
1: No, I didn't. That's cool.
0: Yeah, him, him eating the corn cob, the mini corn in that way was improvised, the baby corn.
1: But like I love the moment they're in the limo. You have to see, yeah, well, and then she's like, "I'm trying to be vulnerable right now. <laughs> I'm very vulnerable right." Which is like such like a grown up thing to say, but it's like the only way, like it's like intentional trying to like be vulnerable. Yeah.
0: I'm being, I'm trying to be vulnerable yeah, right now. Yeah, I'm putting yeah. a
1: vulnerable face on, but it wasn't
0: real vulnerability. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I love that moment. I love that. Do you have to play with everything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Yeah. that's a good part of this movie this movie is great i like this movie a lot uh and i think it you what you get out of it so depends on where you are in your life like if you're you're younger like when i saw it when i was younger you get a whole different perspective on things and when you're older there is a touch of sadness there of what he's letting go and as an adult of like maybe wanting to go back with with knowledge and information and how things could be different and
1: and, uh, yeah, the ending's I think, sad. I think the ending's very sad, like it's bittersweet. Yeah,
0: bittersweet yeah. for sure. Um, but I think, and it kind of goes back to all this that we talk about a lot on this this show, and it seems to be maybe what it, what it is all about. Maybe the podcast can be over because I think we're getting there, buddy. <laughs> uh,
1: is 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 balance? Oh right? no, but that's what you think it's all about, Ricky.
0: That's true. That's my interpretation of life. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, it's this finding times and balance between your inner child and your outer adult.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think balance is a big part of what it's about. But I don't think you have control over the balance necessarily. So the, the big it, the big yeah, it. Yeah. So I can't. I can't totally agree that balance is what it's all about.
0: I know. It's so complicated. Yeah. I'm just we, we, we fall on balance a lot in this podcast because yeah. I think that is a huge portion of life. Yeah. Is finding balance.
1: Right. But, it's but, never
0: all one thing, it's never all the other thing. It has to you coexist. You don't have
1: I think where balance doesn't work is you don't have control over every you don't have control over being external able to external circumstances, yeah. yeah. Or being We to... talked
0: about this with we talked about this with murder on the Orient Express, right? Of like chaos is indeterminate. And in that way, it's equal, but it's also equal and unequal at the same time. Yeah, the chaos affects people disproportionately. Yeah, yeah, right. And so, in that way, it's both fair and unfair. So nah, there is a there is a there is a paradox. We're gonna
1: have to do Birdman eventually.
0: No. Okay. <laughs> you can do Birdman whenever you want. It's fine.
1: But I like Birdman. It's, I think I think it deals with kind of what I'm talking about in terms of. we'll 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 do it eventually but but not yet not yet speaking
0: of which thank you all for joining us for our conversation of big uh we really enjoyed it it's again it's one of my favorite movies i was glad to talk about it with you today seth and i was glad you all listened it's time to talk about what's next so on on the next episode of the what's it about film podcast Hey everybody, this is Editing Ricardo Boy Diaz saying that next week we will officially finally be releasing our Suspiria discussion with Mr. Dane Diamond. If you guys wanted to watch along, you can find the 1977 Suspiria on Tubi and you can find the 2018 Suspiria on YouTube, Amazon Prime, Google Play, Vudu, and Apple TV. Uh, Seth, thank you so much for being with me today and talking about Big. Go ahead and shout yourself out.
1: Alright, you can find me at the birdie Word on Twitter. That's T-H-E-B-I-R-D-Y-W-O-R-D. Or you can find me at Seth Adam Crow on Instagram. That's S-E-T-H-A-D-A-M-C-R-O-W-E. And you can also find me on my podcast, The Crowcast, which is on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts rather and Spotify. That's The Crowcast, two words, T-H-E-C-R-O-W-E-C-A-S-T, one word, Crowcast. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Yes, yes, you're welcome. And I am Ricardo Blade Diaz. You can find me at Ricardo Blade Diaz on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, That is R-I-C-A-R-D-O-B-L-A-Y-D-E-D-I-A-Z, just like my name is spelled, all one word. Uh, You can find both Seth and I on our Dungeons & Dragons show, Misfits of the Multiverse through Character Player, that is available to watch on both Twitch and YouTube at Character Player, or you can go to the podcast version, which is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Speaking of Spotify and Apple Podcasts, that's where you can also find this show, the What's It About film podcast, Spotify, and Apple podcast comes out every Friday morning at 9 a.m. You guys can hear our wonderful, wonderful voices. If you want to follow along, we drop links every Friday on our Instagram. That is the What's It About podcast on Instagram. We post links, uh, and if you want to get involved in conversation, you could do that there. You can talk to us about what you think about these movies, um, what movies you might want us well to do in the future, and honestly, if you're a fan and you want to come on to the What's About Film Podcast, we would love to have a fan come on. So if you're really loving the show and you would be interested in coming on, contact us through our our Instagram. DM us and uh, we'll see if we can get a fan on here. Do a fan episode. That would be cool. Uh, So please do. Uh, Thank you everybody out there for listening and discussing big with us. We will see you next time. Adios. Bye.